Support for Innovation Hub comes from Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, working to unleash the immune system's power to fight cancer and help develop promising new therapies. Videos, white papers, and patient stories are available at discovercarebelieve.org. Welcome to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. The whirlwind of news around us is so intense these days. Some people tune in, some people drop out, and some people are just plain discouraged. Among the people in that last group, apparently, are kids. Kids spend about nine hours a day in front of screens. Common Sense Media, which rates movies and TV shows and video games for millions of parents and teachers, has come out with research showing that kids have not only become saddened by what they hear in the news, they also feel unrepresented. Jim Steyer is the founder and CEO of Common Sense Media, and he teaches at Stanford. He's here to talk about why he lobbies for kids, how tech is changing families, and the results of that new study on how kids feel about the news. Jim, thanks for coming into the studio. Great to be here. So you've said that uh, what you wanted to do with your life, with creating this organization, is start an AARP for kids. You know, Correct. AARP is a great advocate for older people. It helps to lobby on, on, on their behalf. But we don't really have anything that lobbies for kids, in part because kids don't vote. Before we get into what you do, what do you think are the downsides of kids not having a lobbyist? Uh, like, what are the costs to them? Well, kids are the most important natural resource that this society and any society has, and they've been deeply underinvested in over the past 30 years. And the evidence is everywhere, from schools that are failing to have achievement levels that they should have to lack of early childhood investment in the lives of millions of kids and families, and quite honestly, in terms of economic and social performance all across the country. So kids, in my opinion and the opinion of the folks who have helped build common sense into the biggest advocacy voice for kids in the country, uh, feel should be the number one priority in this country in terms of domestic policy. But they aren't, and it's because they don't have political power. See, that seems strange to me in a sense because, you know, you talked about kids being our most important resource. I think every parent would say the most important thing to them, right, is their kids. And and maybe kids aren't voters, but parents are voters. And they care. If their top priority is their kid, you would think that politicians would care about kids simply because you know, you make lives for kids better, you've got their parents. But two things. One, all politicians pay lip service to this, but many of them fail to deliver the goods. And second, you've had a bunch of mean-spirited policies in this country dating back to the early 1980s, which have gutted programs that help families. And if you want to help kids, you have to help families, particularly middle and lower income families. Well, and then you layer onto the economic issues of parenting, the technological issues of parenting now. Um, I mean, I know I'm always conflicted about um, how much screen time both to give to my daughter and then how much I should be on screens in front of her. Uh, so I think internally, this is a discussion that people are having. Um, I know sometimes I come out on the side of, well, I, I am reading an informative article, but I'm still sitting in front of a screen. And sometimes I think, yeah, but I'm learning things. The, the right answer is the classic answer for all parents. And I can say this is the data for Balance and moderation. And it's really true because this is not a simple issue. Look, we did research last year about addiction and device addiction. And 60% of kids admitted they were addicted to their devices. 60% admitted that, so you know the number's higher, right? And 50% of parents thought that they were. That's really interesting stuff. Now, it might not be a classic definition of addiction that a psychology 
PhD at Harvard or Stanford would use. But I think people are addicted to their devices. Well, it's interesting that they feel that way, even even if it's not actually sort of the right terminology. It's interesting that they term it as something that maybe they're not 100% sure they have control over. I totally, well, there's no question that they don't, and you probably don't either, because I think the devices are addictive. The content is, and the platforms have changed. I'm old enough so that I still read the paper version of the New York Times or the Boston Globe or whatever, but kids don't. And even the most recent research we're just coming out with on news media, you know, where kids get their news, the two most important sources are family, parents, right? But also, you know, on social media platforms like Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, et cetera. Whereas if you look at adults, they still get it from the newspaper, from the radio, or from broadcast or cable TV. So let me uh, sort of bring together a couple of things that we've talked about, which is Common Sense recently did this work on um, kids and and how they look at news media. And if you've got kids spending, oh my gosh, nine eight, nine, ten hours a day, right, yep. in front of screens, and then they look at news, which inevitably, I would think, would sort of cross those screens, even if they're just looking at Facebook feeds, people are always posting news items. Absolutely. But they don't feel represented. They feel discouraged by the news that they hear. Put those things together for me and tell me what you're concerned about or what you've got there. Well, I'm concerned about several things. Number one, that they don't feel represented. And I think the stats are that 60, from our recent study, is 63% of kids feel sad, afraid, or depressed when they watch news. Here's the second issue. Now, in the era of Donald Trump, we've developed this issue with fake news and, quote, alternative facts, unquote. Really? Well, that's a big issue because half of kids say they can't tell the difference between something on the Internet and whether it's fake or true. It's hard enough for adults to tell the difference. Okay, it is, and adults say that in our research, too. But that was not a problem two or three years ago. I mean, Mm -hmm. people have to realize this is a recent phenomenon. Okay, so what do you make it? Kids kids can't tell that. Yeah. News literacy. Yeah. So you have to teach kids to distinguish is something well-sourced. Where did it come from? One of the challenges of this innovative world of digital platforms and technology is it's sometimes hard to figure out what the source of a story is. And so we're going to have to figure out how to teach young people as well as adults about that. And also to have a reverence for the truth and for the First Amendment and for a free and fair press. This is Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. and I'm talking to Jim Steyer, the founder and CEO of Common Sense Media. This is really tricky, though, because kids can barely tell the difference between a show and, like, the commercial that's during the show. So it seems like a high mountain to climb to get kids to know about the nuances of, like, the big issues of the day um, and understand about politics and truth. I think this is going to be a hugely important thing. And there is a silver lining here. I actually think that in that way, we've become lazy as a society, not educating our kids about current events, not educating them about our basic constitutional principles and democratic principles. Also, the tech companies only after the election said, oh, we need to start fact-checking some of the stuff on our platform. So I think one of the other big things here is not just educating young people and teachers and parents about news literacy, but it's also holding the tech industry responsible. The sort of libertarian approach that everything is fine and we're just going to give you everything and forget about the consequences that you see from the leadership of some of the most important technology companies in the country based out in the Bay Area where I live Mm -hmm. and where Common Sense's headquarters are is a very troubling phenomenon. Mm -hmm. 
there is a responsibility to tell the audience that some of what you're about to watch is really inappropriate or Mm -hmm. is really scary or really offensive. And I think that you are in a new era in which the gatekeepers are no longer ABC, NBC, CBS, and NPR. Mm -hmm. They are now Facebook, Snapchat, Google, and others. So where is the responsibility? It's huge. And where is the leadership in those companies saying, we're going to take that on? Because they ha- they're making billions of dollars providing that information to you and selling advertising around it. Do, do they, in your view, have a responsibility to impose ratings on things in a more sort of transparent way well, that parents can absolutely, see? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've had, by the way, we know the heads of those companies well. If any of them are listening, they have heard me say this to their <laughs> face so they can hear it again. They absolutely have an ability to help curate it for the audience. And they absolutely, with their billions in profits, ought to be spending money explaining to the broader audience about what you're going to get on this platform or this piece of it. Mm. And they and they have, an, I believe, a responsibility to fact check some of the fake news stuff that's been done, you know, and allowing everything from Russian lies and propaganda to fake news intentionally created to deceive voters and young people about things. I think that they have an enormous responsibility with enormous profits go enormous responsibility in a capitalist society like ours. One of the findings of the work that you've done is that kids often don't feel like they're represented um, in the news. And I wonder, like, what does that mean to you when when you think about, you know, people not being represented and the both what it means and the impact of it? I think there are two distinct parts of that. So on the one hand, I think when kids say that, because that's what the recent research shows, I think it means that the issues they care about are not being represented. So that would mean issues about education, about their communities, about healthcare and kids. Kids are smart. They understand that's really important, but they're just not covered. But I think the second thing has to do with gender and racial bias. So I I mentioned I have four children. Our youngest child is an adopted black kid who's just turned 13. So when he sees in the news media pictures of black kids like him, they're in handcuffs or they're being accused of crimes or violence. That's not representative of all of Jesse's life, by the way, or for that for most kids of color. So I think they also feel, kids of color feel, which is an increasingly large segment of the population in the United States. Well, I was going to say, I feel like I heard a year or two ago that kindergartners are now majority minority. So, you know, yes. what kindergartners look like, let's say, and what 60-year-olds look right. like is like it's a it's a different America in some sense. But the racial stereotypes in the news media persist, right, particularly for kids of color. So I live in California. And if you look in the public schools in L.A., they're like 75 percent Latino. I don't know the exact number, but they're well over. They're majority Latino. The pictures of Latinos in the media that the average person around the country sees are not accurate. They oftentimes have gang members or, you know, illegal immigrants or all sorts of other ridiculous stereotypes that have nothing to do with the reality. So I think when kids feel misrepresented, it's that oftentimes, particularly for the diversity of young people in this country today, they're inaccurately represented. And then second, the issues they care about are not covered by the news media. Jim Steyer is founder and chief executive officer of Common Sense Media, which helps kids and parents navigate the digital world. He's also a professor at Stanford. Thanks so much for coming into the studio. Thank you for having me. Good luck as a parent, Kara. <laughs> Thank you. I need it. You do. We all do. A couple of weeks ago, we asked our listeners, specifically our young listeners, how kids get their news. And we received a very eloquent letter from a 13-year-old. I get most of my news 
from either watching television or from reading the newspaper. That's Veronica Bernier. She goes by Nika. Like a lot of us, she sees a big difference between reading a physical paper and reading the news on a screen. I think that when it's paper news, you get the sense of, that's it, that's final, that's exactly what the news is. But if you have it on online, since there are comments, you can get more than one sense. And as a young adult, I think that when I see the comments, I like, I like to scroll through the comments and see what people are saying to help shape a larger, more rounded opinion. Nika also reflects common sense media's finding that a majority of kids feel that the news doesn't cover issues that matter to them. Well, it seems that most of the local news that does occur is mostly about robberies or crime. And I was thinking maybe we could have a little bit more about space or environmental issues or maybe women's rights. We loved hearing from Nika, and we'd love to hear from you, too. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash innovationhubradio, and our contact info is at innovationhub.org. This conversation was fascinating to me, but there's a place where you can find even more fascinating conversations. That's innovationhub.org. We've got interviews there about everything from how con men trick us to why, historically, the only solution to inequality has been violent upheavals. Support for Innovation Hub comes from Cambridge Savings Bank. Introducing the CSB1 package, a checking account combined with investing through Connect Invest to help you build a better tomorrow. CambridgeSavings.com/CSB1